From Harris Studios, this is Accounting for Tomorrow, an accounting and advisory services podcast for community leaders with a passion for change, who are ready to look past the numbers and ensure that today's planning efforts create success for tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we have a great podcast. We have Wayne Hammond, the CEO of AGC, here with us today. Thanks, Josh. It's great to be here. We had probably about a week ago, we had a opportunity here to attend the Idaho AGC leadership event that happens each year. This year, it was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and it pulls together all the key leaders in the construction community. Wayne and his team over there at AGC do a great job And it really just kind of gives an overview of the industry and where it's going and what we need to do here in Idaho, along with some other topics. And so today we invited Wayne on to try and talk about some of the information that was shared there and relay it to the rest of the community. To kind of get going, Wayne, this obviously is an accounting firm podcast, and so we always gravitate towards the numbers, of course. But one of the great things that came through was the National AGC provided a kind of an economic update. Maybe you can give us a few updates. You know, the Idaho AGC every year does a lot of events, and the Summer Leadership Retreat is not our biggest event, but it's one of my favorite ones because it really brings together the senior level of construction companies. And so while you might have 800 people at dinner in December, the 70 or 80 folks who attend this retreat really are the cream of the crop. And we were delighted to have one of the economists from AGC of America come out and give an update. And it was great to me to hear her talk about things that we're observing in our own market, and she had the data to prove it. You know, for years, Idaho has been an outlier in the construction market, outlier on the good side. We've been leading the way, especially in commercial construction. Well, now it seems that the rest of the nation is catching up to us, and the facts and figures prove that out. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things, Wayne, she also talked about was where they see kind of the sector growing in the future and really in that kind of government influence, whether it's uh, chips or industrial or uh, even highway. So maybe talk a little bit more on on that, because Idaho has a big part of that. That's right. Both nationwide and here at home in Idaho, we're seeing growth in almost all commercial sectors. That includes manufacturing and retail, which was slow for a while, and data centers, which we all know about the project going on in CUNA. The CHIPS Act money will have a direct impact on Idaho. Micron's building the largest chip manufacturing center to ever be built in America by an American company. And we're excited about that. I actually have a meeting, another meeting with them this coming week. And then you add on top of it, the work the state has done in transportation and public buildings. And we see across almost every sector growth. The one sector that's down continues to be residential construction. Right. What you probably expect as we adjust to the new interest rates and the, you know, the different pieces that go into that. I think one, another piece that was abundantly clear in all the numbers, and maybe you can talk about what the construction industry has seen. There were definitely some stats she shared that showed that materials were kind of evening out, that they weren't, we weren't seeing the record increases like we have the last couple of years, but labor, labor was still an issue. That's right. Contractors will tell you that the material market has stabilized. Now, there's still quite a long lead time to get material, but the prices have stabilized. You know, for a while, you were spending gold uh, bullion to buy plywood, right? The Home Depot couldn't keep stock. Those kind of short-term problems have worked themselves out. They're still, though, for especially technical things, air conditioners, uh, lighting systems, those things that involve uh, high-tech 
elements, there's quite a bit of lag time, but at least the price is stabilized. That is not the case in the labor market. And most construction is made up of materials and labor, right? And so when you have stability on the material side, but you must continue to have instability on the labor side. Unemployment now, both in Idaho and across the, the country, is now back below pre-COVID levels. And in construction employment, it's one of the lowest levels ever recorded. And so wages, benefits, all the things that goes into keeping a construction worker happy and on the job site are all in play. Uh, we're seeing that at the Idaho AGC. You know, we offer a health plan, and there's been a lot of interest in that because that's one thing that contractors can provide an employee to keep him happy. We've also seen a huge increase in the amount of money being deposited into the 401k plan that we operate because it's not just that dollarly wage, it's the fringe that goes along with it that keeps employees happy. And so as long as that labor market stays tight, we're going to continue to see people changing jobs. We're going to continue to see people pouring money into those fringe benefits and even salaries. Salaries today, anyone can tell you, are significantly higher than they were pre-COVID. I think when we look at labor, it kind of, from, from that aspect, and then it kind of bridges into kind of the next large topic that we talked about at the retreat, which is when we have all these increases expected, whether it's Micron and highways, different trades, right? We need more labor. And so I know just, we were talking, Wayne, that Idaho AGC has someone new on staff that's dedicated to that. So maybe talk a little bit about what you guys are doing to help create more labor and, and help that demand. Right. The number one challenge facing the industry for the last several years has been and continues to be the labor shortage, especially in the skilled trade. Welders, electricians, HVAC technicians, even carpenters, you know, and steel work. And so one of the things we pride ourselves at the AGC is, is that by working together, we can tackle really tough problems. And so working together, contractors have pulled their resources and we've hired a full-time director of workforce development. Her name is Molly Johnson. Many people in construction know her as Molly McClure. Her, she owned and operated a YHE construction for several years and is now at the AGC working full-time on this issue, which is great because her background's in HR, but she also owned a construction company. So she speaks the language, she knows the people. Molly and her team are out there every day working with people. We've got a great new system going with the prison. You know, there are uh, women incarcerated in Pocatello who the only job training they were receiving was in seamstress training. They're teaching them, these women, how to sew. Now they're teaching them how to be construction workers, and they're fabulous construction workers. These are women who know how to work hard, who want to succeed in life, and they're coming out of that prison now ready and willing to go to work. You know, we're doing the same thing here in the Boise area too. Out at the Department of Correction facility south of town, there's over 100 inmates that have some basic construction training that are already approved for work release that can't find jobs. So Molly and her team are matching them up with contractors, which is great because one of the hard things about your typical construction workers, you don't know where they were last night. Well, you know where these guys were. You know that they're not doing drugs. You know that they're taken care of. The Department of Correction even drives them out to the job site every morning and picks them up every evening. And so these are great employees that Molly has helped us partner now with contractors to get them on the job site. When they have a job, when they're in this work release program and they have a job and they can keep that job, then when they are actually released, they're much better equipped to not go back to prison. And that's just one avenue. We're working with the National Guard with a youth challenge. Uh, these are great kids who have had a hard life who need a second chance, and we're now training them in construction. We're also working with career counselors all across Idaho to make sure that kids are taking CTE classes. And where it's possible, we're helping those CTE schools or the schools with CTE programs get the resources they need to make those programs successful. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot of different things. But at the Idaho Agency, we've decided we're not going to go train 
train people how to be electrician. Instead, we're going to identify people who have an opportunity to become electrician in the future, and we're going to introduce them to the contractor who can provide that training for them. So we're focused on junior high kids, high school kids, people who are unemployed or underemployed, people coming out of the Department of Correction. All these people have an opportunity to come work in our trades if they just knew the opportunity was there. Yeah, at the conference, you had Debbie Crutchfield come and speak and, and give a little overview of, of CTE and what they're doing throughout the state, which was which was really powerful just to see how we're trying to connect contractors into the classroom and get kids excited about the traits. They're a phenomenal career path for a lot of children growing up and a great way for us to increase that labor too. That's right. Idaho was one of the few states last year whose birth rate grew. Most states in the country saw, you know, we have growth in this state, but a lot of it's from ingrowths, but we also had natural population growth in this state. Well, those farm kids, and a lot of them are farm kids, aren't all going to stay on the farm. So some of them are going to have to find another career. Well, I grew up on a farm. I know what it's like to get up in the morning and move pipe. I know what it's like, you know, to do those type of jobs. And that's a great transition into construction. So if we can get these kids in a welding class in junior high or high school, we can get them into a real diesel mechanic program or something like that, they're going to make great construction workers in the future. So you touched a little bit when you were talking there about the Idaho National Guard Youth Challenge. And I know you've been dear to your heart. You've been part of it for before you were probably at AGC, but I don't know if everyone knows about that program. And that's here in Idaho. That's a local program. Why don't you give us just a quick little overview? Well, in, in a nutshell, I am excited about this program. You know, I was at the governor's budget office during the recession prior coming to the AGC. And in that time, my job was mostly to cut programs. We had to eliminate a lot of spending. The one program that we created while I was there was this youth challenge. The National Guard takes youth who have either dropped out of high school or are in the risk of dropping out of high school to a facility in Pierce, Idaho, which is all the way up in North Idaho at the end of the road. It's 12 miles past the end of the road, actually. And out there in the wilderness, they teach these kids how to become men and women of substance. And in five and a half months, they teach them discipline. They teach them education. They teach, them, they teach these kids how to read sometimes. And they come out of this program motivated to go back. Of the kids who graduate from this program, and most of the people who enroll do graduate, they either come back to their local high school and graduate, or they're graduating right there. Some of the participants have no high school credit before they come and they finish their GED in the five months that they're there. It's that kind of powerful experience. On average, the students' uh, reading comprehension increases two and a half grade levels in the five months that they're there. Uh, there's no internet. There's no telephones. There's no TV. The only entertainment they have is reading, and they have to earn the right to check out books from the library. That kind of discipline transforms lives, turns what used to be a problem kid into a motivated, highly successful candidate. So we're working with the National Guard to on their new skill training center. So they get, receive some construction training while they're in the five-and-a-half-month program. Starting soon when they graduate, they'll go then on to a skill training where they'll receive intense construction training. And then they will return to their home communities, half of which are here in the Treasure Valley. They'll come back and they'll be ready to go to work in construction. So the more contractors we can get excited about that, the more people we can introduce them to, the more excited we can be. My staff has dedicated resources that we go to every one of their career fairs to talk about construction and the jobs that are open. Uh, we do that through the website, webuildidaho.org. There's a job board on there. Any contractor who's an AGC member can post a job on that job board for free, and then we go and share it with the kids and peers. And so they don't have to drive to Pierce for a job fair. They can just post it on our webpage, and my team will take care of the rest. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you had the director, right, of the program uh, at the conference talking about it. And it was great to hear from him as we sat there and, and listened about what's going on and the impact they can have on the youth coming through that program. And then also on the construction industry at the end. So it is great. I think that it's a perfect example of what I talked about, the AGC pulling contractors together to solve tough problems, because no individual contractor can do that by themselves. Pierce is a long ways away. But by working together, we can have an impact. And we're so much more effective when we pool our resources and work together. And if that means contractor A gets two employees and contractor B gets one employee and contractor C gets three employees, great. There are six people we've put to work in the construction industry, and all contractors are better off for that, especially those three. Wayne, every year at the leadership event that you put on, we go over the construction industry. I know you have a lot of highway meetings and, and road meetings and different technical things that, that you don't let the accountants come to, but that's okay. Uh, we, we understand. But- You're more than welcome to come <laughs> to the technical meetings. But if you think accounting is boring, you should spend four hours talking about the amount of oil in the 405 spec. Right. <laughs> but you also add kind of, I won't say a touchy-feely, but a topic that's just not specific or construction-related. And this year you brought in Tyler is Enslin to speak about effective feedback. And it's just a nice little break, but it really, I thought he did a really nice job at applying it, not just to the construction industry, but anyone in the room and kind of talked about the core principles about feedback, how to give feedback, Maybe, and I know we were sitting next to each other during that speech, maybe you could talk about what a couple of things you took away from that and, and then why you, why do you do that each year for the program? Well, that's a good question. We, we do try to include a non-construction related topic that is more of a management type of thing. And, and it's been all a wide variety of things. And this year it was feedback. We do that because we're asking people to come away from their offices and to nice places, right? Coeur d'Alene, Sun Valley, Shore Lodge aren't exactly cheap to come to. And, and people invest their time in that. We want to give them something to take away from the meeting. And uh, we chose feedback because it's especially in the tight labor market we're having. It's more important that we engage our employees and we do that correctly. I'm a fan of the saying that most people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses. And so if we can make the bosses more effective in giving and receiving feedback, maybe that'll help with the labor shortage. So his main message was pretty simple, and it's all things you and your listeners probably have heard a million times, but to be reminded of it. For me, the main takeaway was a reminder that when giving feedback and receiving feedback, to remember that the person you're communicating with is not you that you have to meet them where they're at. And if you have a certain style and they have a different style, that may be a barrier to effective communication and effective feedback. You have to remember where that person's at and how they communicate and then adapt yourself to that. So, you know, with Idaho AGC, we've taken this even a step further. Uh, All of our employees have gone through the Strength Finders exercise and identifies their five key ways of communicating. And we've posted them on the wall outside everyone's office or cubicle. And so every time you walk into that office, you're reminded, hey, this person communicates visually. This person is a high achiever. This person has a high sense of moral justice. And that affects the way they receive and process information. And in giving feedback, you have to remember that. It's helped me a lot. I had a conflict in my office with one of my employees until I really understood where she was coming from. And once I understood her point of view, the conflict evaporated. It was just a matter of me needing to explain myself better and understanding her point of view to get over that bridge. Yeah, I think that's great. We do that similarly here with some personality tests and testing. And it's always, anytime I have something that doesn't go quite the way I want, I do come back to like, did I 
did I put myself in their shoes? Did I connect with them? Did I understand how they were going to perceive it and, and their style? Because when you do that, it does make a big difference. I thought another thing Tyler put in is getting details in your feedback, right? Feedback is about the past. And so sometimes people will give feedback, but it's in very general terms or it's from a gut feeling. And that's really hard to take a gut feeling and then turn around and put some action to it getting forward. I mean, we're talking about the past so we can make positive improvement going forward. And it was a good reminder of him, like get details it, it, is a, it was a great reminder, especially think about the room that we're in, right? So 70, 80 participants, most of them are CEOs or executive presidents of very successful companies. And to remind them that you may, be the, you may have boss after your name, but if you want to be an effective person, you've got to communicate from the other point of view, I thought was very powerful in, in that setting with, the, with that group of men and women. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think overall, the leadership event every year is is a fantastic event. I know that's why uh, we always come. We always bring several of our people as well because we enjoy the event. It's a great way to connect with contractors, but then also just learn about the industry, learn about what AGC is doing. But it's not the only event that AGC does. You guys do a lot. I mean, I know January through March or April, you're busy doing legislative, a lot of legislative stuff and everyone's working around the clock. But what other things do you guys have on deck from now till the end of the year that you'd like to let people know about? Right. So uh, coming up soon, it's not an agency event, but one that we're participating is, is Boise Dev has a new event coming called The Interchange. And I'll be participating in that. We're encouraging agency members to participate. Boise Dev, uh, people have been on it. I think it's required reading if you're in the construction market. It talks about what's going on in the Treasure Valley, both in development and construction and the public, that area. This interchange is a new Thing they're doing where they're bringing four people from different perspectives all to talk about the future of Idaho, what's going on in the economy and what's happening. And I'm the construction guy on that panel. And that's in September. We have also coming up in September in Eastern Idaho, our annual clay shoot. Uh, we do one here in Western Idaho in the spring. The Eastern Idaho one is timed for about a week before deer season starts. So you can get your gun out, dust it off, fire a hundred shells, make sure that everything's working fine before uh, opening day. And then of course, in December, we have our annual gala. Uh, this is the largest construction party in the state. We'll ha- have 800 people at it. It's almost halfway sold out already, and here it is only August. It's going to be a great event. Theme this year is South Pacific, and our main speaker is a retired admiral from the Navy who, when he got his first command as a young officer, received the worst-rated ship in the Pacific Fleet. And in 18 months, he had turned that ship around, and it was the highest-rated ship in the entire fleet. And he did it all with the, the same exact crew. He didn't replace anybody. And he's going to be talking about how that happened and how that translates to, to business. Many people may have read his book, Turn Your Ship Around. It's a great presentation that will cap off that. But we also have a lot of fun things planned for that evening as well. It's not just all, you know, cold chicken and boring speaker. We've got a great speaker and some awesome entertainment to go along with it. Tickets are available on the website, of course. But like I said, it's already half sold out. So if people want to come in December, they need to start planning now. So can we ditch our suits and ties? That's right. No suit and ties. Hawaiian shirts for everybody. The agency staff, we're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. I plan to be there in shorts and flip-flops. That'll be awesome. I, in I'm, December. In December, in flip-flops, and Hawaiian shirt. And, and the speaker sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it's going to be, I've seen presentations of his online. It's a great presentation. And then, like I said, on top of a great presentation, we have some awesome entertainment planned. 
Awesome. That's going to be a ton of fun. Well, I just want to kind of wrap things up and I appreciate Wayne, you coming on our podcast and sharing with us the leadership event, what AGC does, what you personally do for the construction community and just for the overall community here in, in Idaho and in Treasure Valley everywhere. It's amazing. And, and we're all lucky to have to have you and the AGC here. So thank you. Well, thanks. We really appreciate our partnership with Harris. We've been partners for a long time through name changes and location changes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you all have been a great partner and, and you understand construction and our members. And we really do appreciate the support you've been over decades that this company's been around and helping the AGC. We really do appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for listening to Harris CPA's Accounting for Tomorrow. Stay tuned for new episodes each month. Podcasts are also available on our website at harriscpas.com slash podcasts. Any accounting business or tax advice contained in this podcast is not intended as a thorough in-depth analysis of specific issues, nor a substitute for a formal opinion, nor is it sufficient to avoid tax-related penalties. If you'd like, Harris CPAs would be pleased to perform the research and provide you with a detailed analysis of your specific situation. Thank you.